mother. Don't you know you're supposed to say, a good Christian sister has asked me to do something. Never give them an answer. Well, Happy New Year, Larry. <laughs> Happy New Year to all of you, if, uh, in case I don't get a chance to say that later. Uh, you know, this is a day that uh, Robert Burns becomes one of the most famous men in the United States because he's a Scot who wrote a song, one of the most recognizable yet least singable songs that Americans have come to love. And you know it is Auld Lang Syne. And so many will be singing that tonight. It was written in the 1700s, but it really came to be famous or came to be very popular for New Year's celebrations in the 30s. It was the big band boom uh, that kind of brought this song to the forefront of, of our culture and what we have come to, to love and expect. And so tonight as the ball drops in Times Square, people will no doubt start, you know, singing, you should all acquaintance be forgot. And then that will lead into uh, several minutes of mumbling because nobody can ever remember the words to the song, but we know the, we know the tune and all. But the crux of this song and why it works so well for a, a, an end of the year and beginning of a new year is that when people come and go in your life, it's worth time to take a moment to remember and reflect and to think about so that they should never be forgotten. And I know from talking to many of you and walking with many of you these last few months that 2017 will go down in your life in history and its fiery year-end crash landing is one of the most painful years in recent memory. There have been lost jobs and lost loved ones, lost direction, lost hope. And yet, for others, this was a year of, of great celebration. There was new life, new birth, and family additions, and new opportunities, new blessings. And so we've got that dichotomy, this, this, this dueling experience here. Either experience, we need to remember. We really do. And so for some, we need to remember how you've survived it all. You've made it to this point. For others, remember how far you've come. So that by doing so, you can seize tomorrow with renewed hope, renewed possibility, and renewed purpose. All Really, this is a story of God's people, the story of God's creation, and this wonderful words of life that we celebrate today as we come together, preserved for us in our walk through this world. And so, this morning, on the precipice of a new year, a new beginning, I want to consider two choices that we have. We face them every day, but this is kind of a day when we really focus on them. I can choose to remember or I can choose to forget. I choose to remember or choose to forget. Psalm 78 is the second longest psalm in the book of Psalms. Now, don't be afraid. We're not going through the but I, I love the heading that somebody has assigned in the, in the English Standard Version above this psalm. It says, Tell the coming generation." Oh, it's fabulous. It's marvelous. The lesson in this psalm is that history must not repeat itself. And specifically, this psalm is talking about the disobedience of the generations who had come before. That, that must not repeat itself. And so teach the coming generations about faithfulness and about following God and, and loving God and how they should approach their relationship with God. And so like us, they had two choices throughout their life. They could choose to remember or they could choose to forget. And so the psalmist knew that we have a responsibility to pass on to the next generation these wondrous works of God. Because it's through remembering that faith is imparted. That's how we pass it down. And it's through remembering that faith is strengthened. So three areas of remembrance this psalmist 
calls us to. Psalm 72, beginning in verse 1. It says, Pay attention, my people, to my instruction. Listen to the words I speak. I will sing a song that imparts wisdom. I will make insightful observations about the past. What we have heard and what we have learned. That which our ancestors have told us. We will not hide from their descendants. We will tell the next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts, about His strength, and about the amazing things that He has done. And yet, the people who trusted in God spoke against Him openly. They rebelled against Him. It wasn't the first time. I mean, you know, since the great miracle at the Red Sea, these people that God had, had called out, His chosen people, they've been moaning and groaning and griping and complaining. You know, who is Moses anyway? Who put Him in charge? Why should we listen to Him? We miss Egypt. At least we had food to eat. It's hot out here. We're tired of wandering in circles. Why are we here? Man, that sounds like a lot of our family vacations, you know, the conversations we have. But the wilderness, here's the deal though, the wilderness, it's a fearful place to be. The wilderness is a fearful place to be. And in some ways, doubts are understandable. I get it. I do. And if you've been around me long enough, you know I don't like heights. <laughs> and it's not that I don't like heights. I'm, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling and of getting hurt. That's what I'm really afraid of. But it's all about how secure I feel. Climbing a ladder or a zip line tower? Nah, I'd rather not. I'd rather not do that. I'm going to pay uh, Steve Foster to come do that for me. But going up in a roller coaster? I got no problem with that. You know, it's really, it depends on the, the, the safety mechanism. I love the ones that come over the shoulders. That makes me feel like my mother's holding me the whole time. So it's really comfortable. So it really depends on that. It's a perspective thing. We went to Bass Pyramid, Bass Pro Pyramids there in Memphis. Uh, been there a few times, but one time we went. Uh, we went to the observation deck. You know, it's up there on the very top of the pyramid. And so when you get out there, there's, you've got about two feet from when you step out the door, there's two feet of solid concrete before you get to the glass floor. And so when you get to the glass floor, you can see all the way down. And so you've got this, this space between. And it's that space that's between that's the hardest. Acrobats refer to this as the space between the trapezes. It's that frightening moment when you let go of the familiar and you're entering the unfamiliar and you're wondering, where's... Where's the other trapeze? Where's this going to end? You leave the known for the unknown. But in order to make it to the promised land, they had to leave Egypt. You have to leave Egypt. The Israelites were between trapezes. They were in that frightening place where you've let go of the past, but the future is not quite here yet. And so you let go because you have to, but then you wait. And you're just hanging in space hoping and praying that that other trapeze arrives just in time. And it's in that desperate place where it becomes easy to doubt. It's in that wilderness in between where you wonder, does God even know what's going on in my life? And it's between the trapezes when we really need an old lang syne. And so the psalmist gives us some direction here between the trapezes. And he says, you know, our purpose here in verse 5 is, God commanded our ancestors to make His deeds known to their descendants so that the next generation might know about them. They will grow up and tell their descendants about them. And here's the deal. Then they will place their confidence in God. They will not forget the works of God and they will obey His commands. 
Then they will not be like their ancestors who were a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that was not committed and faithful to God. So he says, okay, will you remember? Or will you forget? And so it goes back and forth in this psalm, this describing the attitude of his people as turning back and, and being forgetful and rebellious and testing and, and unbelieving. And even in the presence of the greatest miracles recorded in the Bible, they thumb their nose at God. And verse 19 says, they insulted God, saying, is God really able to give us food in the wilderness? Some translations will say, is God really able to spread a table in the wilderness? And by definition, the wilderness is a lonely place. It's a huge, vast expanse, this lonely desert. It seems to go on forever. And you walk a mile in any direction and it all looks the same. You climb one hill only to see another hill on the other side. And so it's more of the same. And even though you may actually be surrounded by people, in the wilderness it can feel pretty lonely. So we've all been there. You're waiting for the call back, the job interview, waiting for that news, hoping for good news from the doctor, watching the money run out, or worrying about the children, or wondering if we can hold on for another week, trying to forgive and finding it hard to do so, praying for a son or a daughter who may be fighting on foreign, foreign soil, foreign field, working to patch up a broken relationship and knowing that it's out of your hands on how the reconciliation is going to go. Feeling stuck in the mud, wondering if you're ever going to get traction to move again, trying to rebuild shattered dreams. And it's in those tense, fearful moments. It's easy to think, God's forgotten me. God didn't even remember. It's, it's, you know, I've arrived at God's DMV, His Department of Miraculous Victories, if you will. And He skipped over my number. So I'm sitting here. But really, it's much more the other way around, I think. So we're the ones that don't remember God. And notice the question in verse 19 here. Is God really able to give us food in the wilderness? We're the ones that choose to forget how quickly we take our blessings for granted, especially when we're hanging between the trapezes. It's easy. And it was in the wilderness, though, where God fed and He watered and He sheltered the people for some 40 years, and it was in the wilderness where God sustained His own Son who had fasted and underwent a barrage of attacks from Satan. It was in the wilderness that God provided. How did Jesus prevail? He remembered. He remembered. It is written. It is written. It is written, as He said. In more than words, Jesus knew that God had fulfilled every promise that He had ever made, up to and including sending the bread of life to stem the spiritual starvation in the sinful world. Is God really able to give us food in the wilderness? And this pattern of remembering and forgetting has plagued humanity since the Garden of Eden. Which is why the writer of Hebrews has stressed the importance of coming together with the church. Times to be together so that we can encourage one another. We can remind one another of God's eternal promise. And he goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, but remember the former days when you endured a hard conflict of suffering after you were enlightened. See, it ain't all roses once you obey Christ. After you've been enlightened, this has happened. At times you were publicly expo exposed to abuse and afflictions. 
And at other times you came to share with others who were treated in that way. For you shared the sufferings of those in prison and you accepted the confiscation of your belongings with joy because you knew that certainly had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence because it has great reward. For you need endurance in order to do God's will and so receive what is promised. For just a little longer and He who is coming will arrive and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I take no pleasure in him. But we are not among those who shrink back in this parish, but are among those who have faith and preserve their souls. And it's sometimes our greatest struggle is with discouragement. Being discouraged. When you're caught between trapezes, that's, that's when we need the voice of other Christians to compel us to remain in the faith. To not be discouraged. To, in fact, for us to be encouraged when we hear of how they have endured, how they are pressing on, how they have managed that wilderness. So that's why we have redirected and repurposed our Bible classes on Sunday mornings the way we have. That's also why we bother to schedule and promote and encourage fellowships like we're going to have for lunch today and like we'll have at the Robinsons this evening. And that's why we continue to look for ways to create this atmosphere of sharing, atmosphere of openness here at Summers Avenue where we can feel safe to share our struggles and promote our triumphs and bear our burdens of one another. Because that reminds us that yes, God can spread a table in the wilderness. Look what He did for me. And it's at that table that family comes together to share a meal. And at the table, the family remembers together. You come to the table and there you'll find food and drink and fellowship and laughter and encouragement. That's the table that God prepares. Come to the table and there you'll discover you're not alone. You come to the table and there you'll find others who know what you're going through and welcome you anyway. We shared around the table this morning as we remembered Jesus and what our Father has done for us through Him. Remembering how on the night that He was betrayed, in Luke chapter 22 and verse 19, He took bread and after giving thanks, He broke it and gave it to them saying, this is My body which is given for you. Do this remembering. Remembrance of Me. And in the same way He took the cup after they had eaten saying, take this cup that is poured out for you. This is the new covenant in My blood. And so remembering that the reason God gave His body and the reason He accepted Christ's blood and His sacrifice for our sins is because despite our weakness, the psalmist says He remembered, God remembers that we are made of flesh and we're like a wind that blows past and does not return. And how often they rebelled against Him in the wilderness and insulted Him in the desert. They again challenged God and offended the Holy One of Israel. And although because of their rebellion, Scripture says that God did not spare them from death, we're also reminded that yet He brought out His people like sheep and led them through the wilderness like a flock. He guided them safely along while the sea covered their enemies. He brought them to the border of His holy land, to this mountainous land which is His right hand acquired. And so the wilderness shows us both our own weakness and how God can meet us in the most amazing ways. But as long as you stay in Egypt, you'll never have manna and you'll never have quail. 
As long as you stay in Egypt, you won't experience the providential power of God. See, we saw evidence of that through the story of Ruth and Boaz. as We saw how God was working in that situation. So if you'll remember 2017, if you'll reflect on 2000 or 1984 or 1956 or whatever it may be, remember how God has brought you to this point in life, to this day and this moment. It's those memories that help us survive between the trapezes. And it's the sharing of those memories that help us encourage one another. And all the more so as we see the day approaching, the eternal day approaching, as we remind each other. This, this psalm begins with calling us to remember. And throughout Scripture, we are called to remember, to not forget, and to make a choice. And Psalm 78 is not just history of the Israelites. It's our history too. This psalm's about us, you and me. See, it's a story of obedience and unrest and questioning and then disobedience, and then discipline, and then repentance, and then forgiveness, and then obedience, and then the cycle just continues. It's a human cycle. It's our life. It's a story of faith. It's, it's a story of faithfulness. And the faithfulness. We don't need to be afraid to look back and to remember. After all, how can we celebrate growth? How can we celebrate where we have come to if we don't have a point of reference to look back at? How will we know? And how can we appreciate God's faithfulness if we don't recall how He's guided us along the way with His skillful hand? Remembering, thinking back, how even between the trapezes, God provided direction. He provided assurance. He provided hope. And how just like through David, who guided with upright heart as he shepherded the people with His skillful hand, so God guides us with His skillful hand. So Scripture says back in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, may He equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Can God spread the table in the wilderness? Absolutely. Absolutely He can. He brought Jesus, the bread of life, into this wilderness of sin so that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Be fed and be filled. And yet we are still living between the trapezes. That's the truth. That's the reality of life between eternity. The wilderness of what's next. We live in the wilderness of when's it going to end, Lord? We live in the wilderness of God, can you hear me? Where are you? Have the Lord shepherd doesn't mean there will not be wilderness. What it means, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside quiet waters. He'll spread a table for us, even in. So when you think about 2017, this old Lang Syne, 2017 might have been for some a year to forget. But let's make 2018, as Steve prayed about this morning, an old Lang Syne to remember. A time to celebrate. Remember that we can depend on God completely. And remember that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and have been redeemed, justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, His Son. And remember that through the church, 
God has chosen to have His manifold wisdom revealed to all of creation and the authorities in heavenly places to have it made known. And remember that it's through our encouragement, our reminding one another that encouragement is spread from brother to brother, brother to sister, sister to sister, and generation to generation, imparting faith year after year. So how about it? You going to remember? Or will you forget? And the reality is, we don't need a New Year's resolution. We just need New Year's resolve. Will you be resolved? Are you resolved? No longer to linger, charmed by the world's delights. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. It's a great day. It's a great day because we're here together. It's a great day because we're able to look around this auditorium and we see the experiences. We see the skull. We see the memories of yesterday. We also look around and we see the promise of tomorrow. And that's what we are here together today. To remind each other that in Jesus Christ, we have hope between the trapezes. Between today and tomorrow, between this life and the next, Jesus Christ is our blessed assurance. So this morning, as you reflect on not just last year, but on your life, what's holding you back? What's got you bound to, to the past that you can't look forward to tomorrow? Is it sin? Because sin will do it. It will absolutely do it. It will leave you fearful. That trapeze is never coming. But in fact, it's already here as God has sent Jesus Christ to live on this earth in human flesh, to be fully obedient to God's will so that He could be the perfect sacrifice for us and walk to the cross willingly, laying down His life, dying for us because it should have been you, it should have been me, but instead, by choice, it was Him who was nailed to that cross. And because of that, God accepted His blood as cleansing for our sins. And this morning, we can repent of sin. We can ask God's forgiveness and we can be restored to the Kingdom of God, to live tomorrow for Him, ready to face whatever may come, knowing we have the hope of eternity. And this morning, if we can encourage you as we're here together and remind you that yes, God has spread a table in the wilderness and we are all invited to it. We want to do that. Will you come now as we stand and sing this good song? Break my heart